Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download the free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7 through 15, called The Great I Am and The Great Commission. I'd like to do is read our passage. Uh, if you're physically able to stand, would you stand to your feet? And we'll, gum, we'll come back and break it down. Exodus 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. I am aware of their sufferings. Exodus 3, 8. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, a land to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. And now, behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he, God, said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel And I shall say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God furthermore, 15 final verse said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. Father, thank you for your living word. Thank you that you have revealed an incredible truth here in this section, one that's really been wrestled with uh, by scholars for some 3,000 years now, the name of God. What is his name? What does this mean? And how does it relate to Moses' mission and to our own time and the great commission in which uh, you've trusted us with to go to the world with the gospel to make disciples of all the nations. Help us, Lord, to continue on that mission, knowing that you are with us, you are for us, you love your people, you came down to deliver us in the person of Jesus Christ. And thank you for the, the great connection to the gospel here. We, may you continue to open up our eyes to knowledge and truth of who you are and what you've called us to be and who we are in you. And may you bless each and every person who's gathered to hear from you. Help me to get out of your way. May you speak and may we have ears to hear what you say to your church for your glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Exodus 3, 7 is where we will begin the great I am and the great commission. Within this grand text, the doctrine of the great I am and the great commission of a man who will be used mightily by I am are before us. One writer says, 
The God who saves is the God who sends. The God who saved you is the God who has a call on your life to send you. Now, where your particular destination is, is not always known to us. And some of you may not fully even understand what your spiritual gifts are. And we're going to have a spiritual gifts class in the relatively near future to help you with that, to discover your gift and how to employ that gift. Because Christianity is not just about attending a church. That's part of it. It's fellowship. It's inciting one another to, literally inciting one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. That's why we need to be together. But when we do that, we call it a holy huddle and then we go out to a lost world. And we have a job to do. We have a calling to walk in. Good works, which God has prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. And so the Lord, the, the scene is the Lord is calling to Moses from the burning bush. We're still at the burning bush. We paused at verse 6 last week. And the Lord says these words to Moses. Remember, he reminds Moses, you're on holy ground. Moses is afraid to look at God. He hides his face. And the bush is burning, but not consumed. And we told you that's a picture of Israel uh, burning in, under Egyptian bondage and affliction, yet not consumed because Yahweh is their God. And the burning bush is a picture of God's eternality and self-existence. It ties to his name because he will always burn brightly. Nothing will ever extinguish his presence because he is not codependent. He is not contingent on anything. He is self-existent. And the bush in some way radiates that truth. And as Moses is before the bush and he has taken off his sandals by God's instruction, and the, the first one identified in the bush is the angel of the Lord. We believe that's Jesus prior to his birth. He says these words, the Lord said, seven, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Now, when God says that, I would imagine that that's probably a question that Moses had. Remember, one of the major scenes in Moses' life is he goes out to see the affliction of his people and he sees what's going on and he tries to intervene. He sees an Egyptian abusing an Israelite and he actually kills the man and buries the body. And then he tries to break up a fight between two Hebrews. And they basically said, who made you judge and king over us, man? And then Pharaoh finds out about what Moses did and Moses has to skip town. He's now spent the last 40 years in Midian as a shepherd and God has been teaching him about how to shepherd his people. But Moses may have had that question burning in his mind. You know, what about my people? I'm still out here. What is going to happen to them? And we, we often wonder about the pain and sorrow in our world. How long, O oh Lord, will this go on? How long will the atrocities on the earth go on until you intervene? And sometimes we may not realize fully what we're asking for because when God intervenes, sometimes it gets really potentially ugly because he can judge and he is just. And we ask for his help and his intervention, but do we really know what we're asking for? Because God will judge. And I think we celebrate his patience in our own lives. God affirms that he has seen what's going on. The affliction of my people who are in Egypt, I know. I've given heed to their cry. I've heard them crying out, NIV, because of their slave drivers, NIV, or taskmasters. I am aware 
of their sufferings. If you have an NIV, it says, I am concerned about their suffering. Sometimes it feels as we live this life and we watch the atrocities of this life that we wonder, well, are you concerned, Lord? Or we might say something like this. Maybe we don't speak it out, but where, you, where have you been all this time? If you are concerned, why weren't you concerned 40 years ago? Or, you know, you might apply it to your own trouble. Some of us have had trauma in our past and we may wonder, where was God? And the reminder of the burning bush is that God was in the midst of the fire with his people the whole time. He will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. And even though we don't always sense or feel it, God says he will never leave us. This is, this is a uh, commentator's translation. He says, Long have I seen the degradation of my people who are in Egypt and their cry because of their taskmasters. And I have heard and I know his or their pain. God knows what's going on on the entire planet. Isn't it a wonder that he doesn't judge more quickly? Isn't it a wonder for many of us who have radical stories of redemption that he didn't just judge us on the spot and destroy us on the spot and give us what we deserved. He gave us grace upon grace. That song that we sang earlier, the grace of God never runs out. That's that idea that it's an ever-increasing flow to broken people like you and like me. And God even says that one day in Isaiah 19, the Egyptians would be his people. He has a heart for all people, not just for here the people of Israel. I want you to turn, hold your place in Exodus, turn to Isaiah 52. This is a passage that just struck me. And uh, you don't have to turn there, but if you'd like to turn there, and I want to read it to you. This is God commenting on his people's situation. He says, Awake, awake, Isaiah 52, 1. Clothe yourself in strength, O Zion. Clothe yourself in your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean will no more come into you. Isaiah 52, 2. Shake yourself from the dust, rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck. This is slavery uh, imagery. O captive daughter of Zion. 52.3 of Isaiah. For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing and you will be redeemed without money. Thus says the Lord God, my people went down at the first into Egypt to reside there. Then the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what do I have here? Declares the Lord. Seeing that my people have been taken away without cause. Again, the Lord declares, those who rule over them howl, and my name is continually blasphemed all day long. Therefore, my people shall know my name. That's important for this morning. Therefore, in that day, I am the one who is speaking. Here I am. I haven't gone anywhere, you could say. And then a gospel verse, how lovely on the mountains, quoted in Romans 10, 15 are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. I want you to turn all the way back to Genesis chapter 16 and I want to show you a scene where God in the book of Genesis sees the pain of a woman, a woman who was an Egyptian. She was actually brought into the household of Abram and Sarai, who became Abraham and Sarah, Genesis 16. And she was an Egyptian slave, kind of the reverse situation. And she was serving the household and she was 
then impregnated by Abraham because Sarah could not have children at this time. And we, we know the story that they got ahead of God and uh, a child was to be born named Ishmael. But I want you to see this idea of God seeing our suffering and how this shows up. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry. We would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Again, the Lord declares, those who rule over them howl, and my name is continually blasphemed all day long. Therefore, my people shall know my name. That's important for this morning. Therefore, in that day, I am the one who is speaking. Here I am. I haven't gone anywhere, you could say. And then a gospel verse, how lovely on the mountains, quoted in Romans ten fifteen, are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. I want you to turn all the way back to Genesis chapter 16. And I want to show you a scene where God in the book of Genesis sees the pain of a woman, a woman who was an Egyptian She was actually brought into the household of Abram and Sarai, who became Abraham and Sarah, Genesis 16. And she was an Egyptian slave, kind of the reverse situation. And she was serving the household and she was then impregnated by Abraham because Sarah could not have children at this time. And we we know the story that they got ahead of God and uh, a child was to be born named Ishmael. But I want you to see this idea of God seeing our suffering and how this shows up. It says, Genesis sixteen eleven, The angel of the Lord, that's the same one that spoke to Moses from the bush. We believe that's the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, God the Son, second person of the Holy Trinity, said to her, Hagar, further, Genesis sixteen eleven, Behold, you are with child. You shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has given heed to your affliction and he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him and he will live to the east of all his brothers. Then she, Hagar, called the name, that's Shem in Hebrew, 
of the Lord, that's Yahweh, who spoke to her, Thou art a God who sees, that's El Ra'ah. For she said, I have remained alive after seeing him. No doubt the angel of the Lord, once again, is a theophany or an appearance of God. God sees me. Sometimes we have faith questions like, does God see my suffering? Is it only the heroes of the Bible? Is it only these specific people that God sees? Well, here's Hagar, an Egyptian slave. She's not even really part of the the promised family, if you will, but God sees her pain as well. And she says, ESV, you are a God of seeing. She said, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. The uh, verse is translated this way in the New Living Translation. So the well, that well was named Bier Lahoi Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. You are the God who sees me. And that is a powerful idea in our lives because we have times when we wonder, does God know what I'm going through? Uh, I feel lonely. I, maybe you're in a situation where you're a caretaker and you're wondering, you know, in the everyday, uh, you know, grind of life. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe your company's not doing well or whatever, wherever you may be. Does God see what I'm going through? Does he hear my prayers? And it is interesting that Hagar calls God the God who sees me. And Hagar is the only woman that I know of in the Bible who confers a name on God. The only uh, male or female in the Old Testament who confirms a name on God, the God of seeing or the God who sees me. When she calls him Shem or the name in the Hebrew picture language, The name Shem is what destroys chaos. What destroys chaos in my life is the name. Isn't that cool? Our lives can be so chaotic and so difficult. And God comes into our life and says, I see you. I see the chaos. I see the affliction. I know your pain. And God will speak to her into that situation and tell her what to do. I waited, if you go back to Exodus 3, I waited patiently, says David, for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. And he brought me up, we're going to see this language in a moment, he brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. Literally, I could see the clay of Egyptian bondage and the mud dance that they did for Pharaoh to make the bricks. He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. I waited for the Lord and he heard my cry. And sometimes in the waiting is the times of the biggest growth. God knows what he's doing. And sometimes we are in literally in God's waiting room. You ever spent some time in waiting rooms? I'm not sure what it is about doctors and dentists, but uh, your appointment time generally means nothing. Have you ever noticed that? You show up and you're like, why am I here? <laughs> and it's a philosophical, spiritual question. Why am I here? Anyway, never mind. And you wait. And the waiting room is not the most comfortable place to be, but God does work in the waiting room. 
and he grows us. And so this one who has appeared to Moses identified himself as the God of his fathers in verse uh, 6, says, I'm aware. He says, I have come down to deliver or rescue them. We're back in Exodus 3, 8. From the power of the Egyptians. I've come down to bring them up. I've come down to bring them up. This is what God does in our life. He reaches into our lives to raise us up, to redeem us out of the miry clay. Often what we've created, our own taskmasters, our own sin that easily entangles us. And he says, I want to lift you out of that. I want to lift you out of the slavery. I want to lift you out of the mud. I want to lift you out of the quicksand. And sometimes we feel so stuck that we're sinking. And we're like, Lord, do you see? I feel like I'm, I'm up to my chin in this stuff. Help. And the lifeline comes. And interestingly enough, the one within the bush, we believe, is Jesus. Before he became that baby in Bethlehem, he came down. I've come down because I care. Sometimes people say, does God care? You know, if he would just open up the sky and say, here I am. I'm God. There is a God. There is a heaven. Wouldn't that be so much easier? But here's the truth. God did come down. Amen. He entered into our pain in the person of Christ, born in a stable, not in a palace, born to uh, live the perfect life that we can never live, to bear witness to the truth, to die a terrible death, to enter into our pain, to be treated as if he had committed my sin and your sin and the collective sin of humanity. God does care. That's why I'm a Christian. Jesus entered into my pain. Not always on my timeline, no doubt. Not always the way that I would think or I would imagine. So he says, I've come down. I've come down to bring them up. Redemption is not just about salvation. It's salvation from something, listen, to something. You get saved out of the world and you become a servant of Christ. You get saved out of the kingdom of Satan, if you will, to the kingdom of God. To serve a different Lord, a different God, a different King. To march to the beat of a different drummer, the one who made you and loved you. Amen? That's what it's about. I've come down to bring them up. You've been listening to The Great I Am and The Great Commission, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 7 through 15. And as always, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't even feel like talking, but you could use some prayer, we have pastors on staff that would love to do that with you. You can call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, sometimes we may wonder, we may feel like God doesn't see our pain, or maybe we would even say, does he even care about my pain? You know, there's a, there's a beautiful section in Exodus 4 where the people realize that God, they're told, that God was concerned about them, and they bow down and worship. And obviously, the book of Exodus shows that even though it's been hard on Israel, and maybe they felt ignored or even forsaken, God had a plan. 
And God's, you know, the wheels of God's plan don't always move at the speeds that we uh, would expect. And uh, sometimes we wonder in the midst of pain, maybe you're going through a, a difficult diagnosis or a health challenge. Oh, Lord, you know, where are you in the middle of this? Well, the Lord hasn't moved and he has compassion for you. And brethren, I don't understand everything and all the why questions, but I know that he is good. Uh, His name really reflects his goodness. He is Yahweh. Uh, He is uh, the everlasting God. And one day all of our pain and sorrow will be behind us. We live in a fallen world and that's obviously some of it. Uh, Hey, if we can pray for you, you can send us prayer requests uh, through the website, walkintruth.com. You can let us know how the program's been a blessing to you. You can uh, share prayer requests. You can ask questions all through the website. And we always read those and make sure we pray over you or try to get back to you. Um, so that's a way you can reach out to us. And we just want to tell you to hang on. I want to tell you, keep pressing forward. God is faithful. What he began in you, he will finish, my friend. Hey, if you want to reach out, again, walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, all to help more people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7 through 15, called The Great I Am and The Great Commission. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.